Well, hello from the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of Heritage Radio Network. And my first guest today is Colin Davis, co-founder of Shaxbury Cider in Virgins, Vermont. Welcome, Colin. Thank you. It's awesome to see you guys out here. It's great to be here. And uh, congratulations on the win for Shaxbury Dry. Awesome. Good Thank food you. award, number Thank two you. this year. Three, sorry, number three, three in a row. <laughs> Not three in a row. We skipped. We skipped last year, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's huge news, and obviously, we are enormous fans of what you guys are doing. Thank you. And uh, we've been missing Vermont since we were just up there in October, uh, but I'm sure that you guys have been a little chilly lately. Oh, it's been, it's been pretty brutal. <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm used to cold. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a rough winter so far. Oh, yeah. Well, my heart is with you. Um, definitely been through a few of those and I'm glad to be having a little milder experience, but it's beautiful in San Francisco today. It is. It's really we're nice. at the Festival Pavilion at Fort Mason Center and we're <laughs> right on the water and the sun is shining in and we're here in the midst of the floor of all of these crafters who are here for Mercantile. And um, I wanted to start off talking about something that was a big theme last night at the Good Food Awards ceremony, which was this theme of collaboration. And I know that you guys work with a, a really large network of people in a lot of different industries, but I was hoping that you could maybe tell us about some of the collaborations that have been surprisingly important and great for you as a business. Yeah, so I think um, our business was built on a collaborative model from day one. Uh, we work closely with a cider maker in um, the UK called Once Upon a Tree and um, also in Spain, uh, Petrategi. And so we've always just felt like there's so much to learn, you know, just in cider making. Um, it's a great way to do that. Collaborations are a great way to hear about how other people are doing things and um, share ideas. Um, one uh, collaboration we did last year that was really fun was with uh, Mamafuku. Um, so they're um, the beverage director from Sambar and then um, Jake, who's sort of the corporate the, uh, beverage guy, came up to Vermont and um, you know has a wine background. And it was just fun to go through all of our fermentations with them and hear about what they liked and um, go through the blending process together with them. So that was a cool one. Uh, Tell us about year. the outcome of that. Do you have um, kind of the tasting notes for that one? Yeah, so it was um, uh, it was about half um, wild apples uh, and spontaneously fermented. And then we used some of our um, Vermont apple base, which is a lot of Max and Empires, uh, which is a lot of what's grown in Vermont right now commercially. And um, so it had a little bit of the like yeasty, earthy funk of some of our wild fermentations and some of the clean, um, you know, floral bright aromatics of the dessert apples. Um, a, little bit of, a little bit of sweetness. It's really nice, yeah. And Shaxbury as a whole has a really clear sense of design and sense of self on your labels, but mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk to you about another collaboration yep. uh, with an artist for your recent label. Yeah, so we did, um, it's something that we've thought about for a while, um, collaborating with artists, and this opportunity just presented itself. Uh, we got hooked up with uh, an artist named Will Bryant in Austin, and um, 
he really liked our cider and uh, we loved his art. And so we did a limited can release um, that we're calling Deer Snacks. Love the name. Um, <clears throat> for two reasons. One, uh, it has a bunch of wild apples in it. And when we're out foraging, that's the only complaint we ever hear from people is, you know, if we, if we ask if we can pick from their trees is, you know, make sure to leave some for the deer. People are very concerned about that in Vermont, um, hunters especially. Uh, but also this guy, uh, Will, in a past life was a DJ. And I think his DJ name was DJ Deerhoof. Really? Yeah, there was Deer something. I think Deerhoof was maybe it. So just felt like it was, uh, you know, made to be. So. Meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, something that Shaxbury does so well, I think you guys are the leaders in using foraged apples. Mm -hmm. And you alluded to that just now. Mm -hmm. um, Anything exciting in the last year with foraging developments? Um, mm -hmm. And I, I know you have a tidbit to share with us, so I wanted to mention that. Yeah, so when we go out and forage, we really the ultimate goal is to find um, trees that we want to propagate. And it's really, um, you know, it's maybe a one in a thousand kind of a deal. Um, so we, we look at lots and lots of trees. But the first small handful of trees that we picked in 2013 uh, to go back and cut cyanwood from uh, finally bore fruit in the orchard this year. And so we were able to, to take that fruit um, and go taste it next to the, the mother tree, which is really exciting. And how did it compare? It was, um, it was really similar. The, basically, the only difference is the orchard-grown fruit is about 50% bigger. Wow. And uh, has a little bit more moisture in the apple. But um, it was surprisingly um, similar. That's amazing. Or I guess, it, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was grown at a different site for a lot of them. But Well, congratulations on your babies. <laughs> when yeah. you're out foraging, um, when you're tasting the apples, mm -hmm. how much can you tell from that first bite out in the forest or the field versus, um, you know, at, at which point do you think maybe you have to turn the apple into cider to make a call about whether that's something that you would want to propagate? Um, it is difficult. We're getting better at it. You can tell on a sort of a coarse level, you know, um, if there's a lot of acidity or if it's got high sugar content or tannin is the thing that we're kind of looking for the most. It's the hardest thing to find just in terms of what apples are out there to buy commercially. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, you know, if you can tell if a tannin's got, or if an apple's got lots of tannin just from biting into it, but it does, it's hard to um, sort of subtract the sugar from the equation um, just out in the field. And so for that reason, if, if we have a tree that we think is promising, we will try to do a, um, a pressing of just that tree and, and ferment it out and see mm -hmm. if it kind of turns out the way we thought it might. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's definitely surprising, you know, an apple that we didn't think was quite as promising ferments out really nice and vice versa. Are you using any instruments to measure qualities of the pressed juice before you ferment? Um, we check the um, pH uh, and um, bricks, which is the sugar content. And um, that's pretty much it at the moment. We'd, we'd like to get a little bit more specific, but um, a lot of it's just really uh, sensory analysis. Cool. Yeah. 
Uh, well, when we visited you in 2017, we were really lucky to visit your beautiful, shining new tasting room in Virgin's. And uh, we also got to see kind of the rest of that space upstairs. You have a pretty cavernous interior to work with, and I'm curious if you have any plans um, or any construction shaping up in there. Yeah, we're, um, so we're, this is our fourth year in operation, and um, it's the first year that we have a place for people to come visit us. Um, and so that's a very exciting thing. Um, the building that you're talking about is cool. Uh, it started out as a creamery. I think it was built in uh, 1905 or something like that. So it's fun that it's sort of coming back to agriculture. And um, we've got our tasting room and cellar in the first floor done. People can come visit us. Um, and then the upper floors were still kind of noodling on it. Uh, I think we're hoping to maybe have some sort of a food thing going on up there. I mentioned our partners in Spain, and one of the things that um, we think about a lot is that experience of you know eating in a cider house and sort of communal dining and stuff. So Amazing. we'll see. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So last question is that mm -hmm. um, you know a lot of people have traveled, and you've traveled a long way to be here in San Francisco for mm -hmm. the Good Food Awards. What is your last great bite that you've had since you've been in the city? I had a great breakfast this morning at Tartine. Um, it's hard to go wrong there, really. So, yeah. What did you have? Um, I had some yogurt and uh, almond pastry. Yum. Yeah, it was very nice. That sounds delicious. And definitely looking forward to, you know, I just got in last night, so there's still lots of good eating ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. do enjoy. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. I can't wait to make it down to the end and have a few sips of Shack's Dry. And um, yeah, Thanks we hope that me. we will see you back soon and hopefully uh, see you in Vermont and Brooklyn in the near future. I hope so. Um, I also want to say special thanks to the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts for supporting Heritage Radio Network on tour. That's been Colin Davis from Shaxbury Cider. We're at the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco, and we'll be right back in just a few minutes.